This is a message by Pastor Mark Fox of Antioch Community Church in Elon, North Carolina. For other sermons from Antioch, you can visit the church website at antiochchurchnc.org. Now, let's turn our hearts to the Word of God. Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 5. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Corvinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Good morning. I'm going to be reading our uh, scripture this morning. It's going to be Genesis 30, uh, 25 through 31, 16. Uh, while you're flipping there, I want to welcome all our guests and honored guests. Sorry, Susanna makes me address her that way. Um, <laughs> uh, but I uh, want to welcome you guys here, uh, those who may be in from uh, out of town for Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully everybody had a great time and uh, was able to to have uh, basically our first really normal Thanksgiving in a few years. So I hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, if you're a guest here, we do have a nursery for ages three years and under. It's on the other side of the building there uh, where you'll find the bathrooms uh, if you need those as well. Uh, fellas, if you need to issue the right hand of correction to any of those three or older during the service, we do have a room uh, with the, the double glass where you can take them aside uh, calm them down and bring them back in here because we do value uh, family integrated worship. Uh, it's, it is very key for our children to see us worship together. Uh, let's start uh, verse 25. As soon as Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own home and country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you that I may go for you now for you know the service that I have given you. But Laban said to him, If I have found favor in your sight, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Name your wages, and I will give it. Jacob said to him, You know yourself how I have served you and how your livestock has fared with me. For you had little before I came, and it, is, and it has increased abundantly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now, when I shall provide for my own household... Also, he said, what shall I give you? Jacob said, you shall not give me anything if you will do it for me. 
I will again pasture your flock and keep it. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing, it, removing from it every speckled and spotted sheep and every black lamb, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and they shall be, uh, and they shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for me later when you come to look into my wages with you. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs, if found with me, shall be counted stolen. Laban said, Good, let it be as you have said. But that day Laban removed the male goats that were striped and spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had white on it and every lamb that was, that was black, and put them in charge of his sons. And he set a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob pastured the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took fresh sticks of poplar and almond and plain trees and peeled white streaks in them, exposing the white of the sticks. He set the sticks that had peeled in front of the flocks in the troughs, that is, the watering places, where the flocks came to drink, and since they bred with and since they bred when they came to drink. The flocks bred in front of the sticks, and so the flocks brought forth striped and speckled and spotted. And Jacob separated the lambs and set the faces of the flocks towards the striped and all the black in the flock of Laban. He put his own droves apart and did not put them with Laban's flock. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob would lay the sticks of the troughs before the eyes of the flock, that they might breed among the sticks. But for the feebler of the flock, he would not lay them there, so the feebler would be Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. Thus the man increased greatly and had large flocks, female servants and male servants and camels and donkeys. Now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were, what the sons of Laban were saying. Jacob has taken all that our, that was our father's and from what was our father's, he has gained all the wealth. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. Then he said, Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called, Ra called Rachel and Leah into the field where his flock was and said to them, I see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not permit him to harm me. If he said, The spotted shall be your wages, then all the flock bore spotted. If he said, The striped shall be your wages, then all the flock bore striped. Thus God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. In the breeding season of the flock, I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream that the goats had, that mated with the flock were striped, spotted, and mottled. Then the angel of God said to me in a dream, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up your eyes and see. All the goats that mate with the flock are striped, spotted, mottled, for I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Now arise, go out from this land, and return to the land of your kindred. Then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, Is there any, is there any portion of it or inheritance left to us in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as, far, 
as foreigners, for he has sold us and has indeed devoured our money. All the wealth that God has, has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. Now then, whatever God has, God has said to you, do. Thanks, Tim. Amen. Good morning. Thank you all for coming on a wet day. Good day for ducks. Thank you, Creighton family and John, for leading us in worship. And Jason, and long, read, long, long passage. You crushed it. So you guys have seen, as we've been studying uh, Jacob in the last few weeks, you've seen uh, Jacob's a, a heel grabber, right? He's a deceiver. He's named correctly because he deceives, he manipulates, he gets things uh, by his own skill and cunning and, and, and guile. And so he deceived his brother. He got the blessing that was meant for Esau. But, of course, God ultimately meant it for Jacob. And then he meets his match in Laban, and Laban deceives him, and he gives him a wife that he wasn't expecting, right? We talked about that last week. And, and then he had to work another seven years to get the wife that he wanted in the first place. And so then we see Laban deceives him again. He makes a deal with Jacob, says, yeah, you can have all the speckled and the spotted and the stripes. And then Jacob takes, Laban takes all the speckled and the spotted and the stripes, and he hides, hides them away. He puts them another place. He deceives Jacob. And then it seems that Jacob, by some genetic engineering, we'll talk about that in a minute, kind of suspect, by some manner he deceives Laban and gets all the speckled and spotted and striped. Well, not really. Alan Ross writes, it was God all along who sovereignly overruled both the deceit of Laban and the devices of Jacob in order to bless the patriarch. We sung it this morning. God who never sleeps, he never slumbers. He watches over Israel. He watched over Jacob. He watched over his, his flocks. And he watches over us as well. Well, we're reminded in this text today about where truth comes from. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Basic business practices that also apply to personal relationships. And also, when do you know when it's time to stay or when it's time to move on? Pick up stakes and move on. Let's look at the text under these main points. Then acknowledgement of truth, business, and then resignation. So it's been at least 14 years. It's been at least 14 years since Jacob started working for Laban. And he is what? He's fulfilled his obligation. He worked 14 years to gain, to pay for Rachel, his favorite wife, as it were. And so the agreement's fulfilled. Her son Joseph is here. His wife is happy, at least one of them. And Jacob's ready to go. He's ready to go. He's fed up. But I like the fact that Jacob does not just cut and run in the middle of the night, taking his four wives and his 11 sons and his one daughter and disappearing you know, into the wilderness. Now, he's going to do that later, but only because God tells him to. But here... He makes an appeal. He goes to his father-in-law, and he asks him to send him away, right? It's like back in the day when five of us went to the leaders of the church and said, hey, send us away so we can start a new church. And that was met with resistance. You've heard that story. But he goes to his father and says, hey, send us away. I want to go to my own home and country. And look, you know the service I've given you. You can't deny it, lady, man. I've worked hard for you for 14 years, right? And I think it was a show of respect for his father-in-law. And, and so then Laban appeals to Jacob. He says, look, do me a favor. I tell you what, do me a favor. Stick with me because I have, I have received a truth. Jacob says, what? I'm making this up. Jacob says, what? Laban says, yeah, I, I, 
through divination, I have understood <laughs> that I have been blessed because of you. Let's talk about that for a second. Divination is going to be prohibited by God in Deuteronomy 18. Why? Because divination is a way of trying to find truth without God and without God's revelation. Okay? Bypass God, bypass his, bypass his revelation. Let's see if we can find some truth. That's what divination is. Consulting a medium, reading tea leaves, interpreting omens or dreams. Now, God sometimes works through dreams, but these are not the patterns by which God reveals truth to his people as a norm. As a norm, he calls his people to come to him because he is the source, source of truth. I love what jo, uh, God said to Jeremiah. I'll quote this to my, uh, my Elon students every now and then right before a quiz. Say, hey, here's a good verse for you guys that haven't studied because I can tell you haven't. We just went through all this material and you're looking at me with blank faces like a cow at a new gate. So we're getting ready to take a, a, a quiz and you don't, have a, you don't have a prayer. So maybe you should do this. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Because you have not studied. So Laban came up with the right idea. He knew that God had blessed him because of Jacob, but he got that through divination. And Jacob says, here's how I know it. The Lord told me that, right? I know this truth because God, the source of truth, revealed it to me. Hey, Laban, you're 100% correct that you've been blessed, but don't miss the connection between God and me to you. You know, Jacob was blessed. He was, he was a great, he was a good worker because he had a good work ethic. ethic. We talked about that from day one. Uh, Jacob was not afraid of work. He worked, worked hard. But catch this, he was also blessed because he was God's man, right? God blesses us when we work hard, but also God blesses us because we are his. We are his. And therefore, the blessing of God is upon his people, right? So how do we acknowledge to a watching world that, that the world around us, our family members, our coworkers, our neighbors, maybe who don't know God, that they receive a blessing because of the overflow from us and because of our work ethic? How do you, how do you communicate that with people? Well, you, don't, you can say, you know, people say, how you doing? You can say, I'm blessed. I know people that do that. That's their common refrain. I'm blessed. There's nothing wrong with that. You say, well, I'm blessed. How you doing? I'm blessed. That's fine. You can do that. Or you can put up a poster at work that says, uh, no God, no peace. No God, no peace. I don't recommend that. But you can do that. You can put that up. Or you could put a cross around your neck, and a lot of people do that. They wear a cross, and so that's a way of very silently saying, you know, I belong to God, and he belongs to me. You know, I'm his, he's me, I'm in Christ, he, Christ is in me. Or you could put a bumper st sticker on your car, which I certainly don't recommend. That one, for so many reasons, we could talk about theologically sometime if you're interested. But, you know, what? the other thing is, if you put that on your car, you might see in your neighbor's car that says, if, in case of rapture, can I have your car? What should we do instead of bumper stickers and posters and crosses, or maybe in addition to bumper stickers and posters and crosses, what should we do? Use our words, right? right? You teach your children, right? Don't grunt and point. Use your words. You're teaching your children how to communicate. Use our words. Don't grunt and point to the cross or the poster. <laughs> you know, be Christian. Use your words. Acknowledge Jesus as the source of your life and as the source of your truth and talk about him wherever it's appropriate. 
right? You say, well, when I do that, when I do that with my family, I get persecuted. And persecuted when I do that with my people at work, I maybe get, writ- I get written up, right? I like what John Stone Street said. John Stone Street says we need to have a theology of getting fired. Now he's saying we need to have a theology of going to prison. We're going to stand for truth in this country. Continue to stand for truth. It may come to that, right? But what if we are pushed back? What if we acknowledge the truth and the source of truth and people persecute us? I love what Peter said about this. This is a great word from the Apostle Peter. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it's better to suffer for doing good, if that's God's will for you, than for doing evil. So that's the answer. Acknowledge truth that we get from God and let God figure out how to pick up the pieces when we get in trouble with our boss, our family, our neighbors, or whomever. Instead of protecting ourselves and therefore hiding the truth of God from others. That leads us to business. By the way, uh, this isn't in the text, but I think Jacob got all the ones that had to underbite. So Jacob agrees to go into business I don't need any money from you. I don't want a cent. In fact, all I want is product, (laughs) right? I'll take all the speckled and spotted goats and the black lambs, and you keep the rest. Now, notice I just said goats. There's there's pretty good evidence here, scholarly scholarly evidence. I didn't come up with this because I'm not a scholar, but there's evidence that because it says goats and sheep in the first half, and then it only says goats in the second half, and when God tells Jacob he's the one who gave him the goat, he says goats, that somewhere there was a transcription error, and sheep were added in the front half, and they're not there. Okay, In the Septuagint, which as you know is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, there's no mention of, of speckled and spotted sheep. Okay, so it's just the speckled and spotted and mottled goats and the black lambs, which are sheep, that he got. Now, why is that? Because those were the rare kind. Most sheep are what? White. <laughs> right. And most goats are a solid color. That, it's, rare, it's rare then and it's rarer now to see the mottled and the speckled and the spotted. So Laban agrees to that deal. Then what does he do? He takes all the ones in his flock that were already Jacob's and he hides them away, gives them to his sons and then they travel 30 to 40 miles, three days uh, travel away and Jacob is left to take care of the rest of the flock which was all Laban's. I mean, you know, it was all his father-in-law's flock. He had nothing, zero. Alan Ross writes, Laban represents clever, deceptive opponents, maybe business partners, who ensure their own success by taking unfair advantages. This argument against going into partnership with people, but we won't get into that. What would you have done in that situation? Right? You, your employer, employer boss agrees to a certain thing, and then he removes that certain thing from you so that you can't have it. What would you do? 
I think how we respond to something like that has a lot to do with how we see ourselves and who we work for. Who do we work for? Well, Paul said, bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would Christ. And then he says, doing the will of God from the heart. Marshall Siegel wrote, your tax forms may say you work for the government or a business or even yourself, but the Bible says you work for God. So that's why Jacob <clears throat> doesn't sue Laban, he doesn't kill Laban, he doesn't steal his flocks, he doesn't say, take this job and you know what, and, and pack up his stuff and leave. He looks at God and says, God, you know what, all these sheep are yours, I'm yours, they're yours. Now, it's not recorded that he says that, but I think it must have been in his heart that he said, God, I'm, I'm yours and I'm trusting you in this matter. Can we do that? Jacob doesn't completely understand yet that God is sovereign in every area of his life, though, so he does what comes naturally to him. He, th he thinks of a way that he can manipulate the circumstances, he can fix the game so that he can get not just, not just some of the goats, he's going to try to get all the goats. All the newborn goats. He says, I'm going to figure out a way to get all these newborn goats. Old Testament style genetic engineering. Was anybody confused about the whole fresh sticks of poplar and almond and plane trees and what is a plane tree anyway I mean, it's a tree that looks like a plane actually you know i looked this up i learned two things this week first of all a plane tree is a genus of trees that includes an american sycamore it's just a, a tree with big leaves on it okay those are plane trees that's a genus of that not the species but the genus also learn there's a lot of ink spilled over whether jacob by putting these peeled sticks near the watering trough or at the watering trough, whether him putting them there actually made the sheep that were reproducing right after they've had water, they breed there, and then they have these speckled and spotted and striped goats. And most of what I read about it says, <laughs> nah. Now, Answers in Genesis, leave it to Answers in Genesis, right? They've written extensively on it, and they claim that Jacob was up to something here because he was giving the stronger animals a healthier diet. Focus on that word, diet. Because, hey, it's been proven there's medicinal values to poplar and almond trees. Go eat you one today. For example, that help animals reproduce and produce healthy young. But listen, Answers in Genesis, the Bible doesn't say anything about him feeding that stuff to the goats and the sheep, does it? It just simply says that when they looked, as they're drinking the water, and they look and they see these striped things, this imagery implanted in their brain and caused them to produce striped and spotted and mottled. Um, this is another one of those, remember very early on we were talking about six days, six literal days, six longer days, and when I put up there, remember what it said? We don't know, right? So don't make a, don't make a doctrine out of this, don't start a new church, you know, the, the fresh poplar church of Burlington, because we don't know. It doesn't really matter. What we know is that Jacob didn't leave. He stayed and he worked for Laban. The last verse says, Thus the man increased greatly and had large flocks. What did Jacob come to Mesopotamia with all the way from Canaan? Basically a stick, right? He had his walking cane and that was it. 
And now he is a very wealthy man with hundreds and hundreds of goats. Thank you. And God said it himself. Look, lift up your eyes, Jacob, and see all the goats that mate with the flock are striped, spotted, and mottled. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. The Lord does not sleep, and he does not slumber, and he watches over us, and he works on our behalf. Does that mean everything you touch will turn to gold? No. Well, after this, Jacob tells his wives in a wonderful exchange that their father has been pitted in a competition with his father. He's not talking about Isaac. He's talking about God, and that's no competition at all. It's one of those my dad is stronger than your dad things, and in this case, he's right. Right? He says, your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. My father listened to your father when he said all I can keep was spotted, so my father made them all spotted. <laughs> and then your father changed it and said, no, 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 no. stripe, stripe. That's the one. You can have stripe this time. No more, no more spotted. And so God made them all striped. And so my father is bigger than your father. After this, it seems like to me, and this is just a little logic lesson here, if God was the one who made the goats striped and spotted and mottled, and it wasn't the sticks, then the sticks represent post hoc, but not propter hoc. Post hoc means before this, propter hoc means because of this, right? So... It was correlation, but not causation. Either way, the summary verse seems to be this, but God did not permit him to harm me. Jacob's learning through difficult times that he can fully trust God. And isn't that when we best learn that lesson? When we're in a difficult time, when things are tough, when work is hard, when family life is tough, when you're, you're, you're suffering through an illness, that's when we learn the best that we can trust God, that God will not permit these things to harm us. It will only be for our good and for his glory. Well, that leads us to the last verse, which is home. He wants to go back to Canaan. After this, Laban's son starts spreading lies. Uh, the rumor mill gets cranked up. You know, that happens now, doesn't it? Except now social media. But back then, they had to actually tell people face-to-face um, what was going on. And so then the Lord intervenes. And the Lord speaks to Jacob. He says, go ahead, go back to the land. Return to the land of your fathers, to your kindred, and I will be with you. So Rachel called, uh, Jacob called Rachel and Leah out to the field. And they come out of the field, and that's where he tells them. Apparently they did not know. He kept all of this to himself, he, just between him and God. They did not know all the things that had been going on between him and their father, Rachel's and Leah's father. And so he told them what's been going on for the past six years. He tells them the ways Laban has cheated him. He tells them how God has blessed them through it all. And they look around at the hundreds and hundreds of striped and spotted and mottled goats that are surrounding them and the black sheep that are surrounding them. And then Jacob says, it's time to leave. We're going back to my home, but you're going to have to leave your home. The only place you've ever known, the only place you have relatives, you know, besides me, is here, but hey, Rachel and Leah, we got to go. God has spoken. 
Rachel and Lee don't argue. They say, hey, we're already being treated like foreigners by our own family. And they say to, to Jacob, and I love this, this is the last verse. I wanted to spend just a minute on, on this. I love this, what they say. Rachel and Leah are in unison when they say, whatever God has said to you, do. We talked about posters earlier, right? You, you young people who are looking to, for a poster to put up in your, in your room, right? I ask my students every now and then. Anybody have a quote you live by? What's, maybe you got it on a poster in your dorm room. You know what comes up more often than anything else? What? No, they, 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 not even that. They say, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> yes, but do you know the reason? Can I share the reason with you? There's a reasoner behind that reason. Let's talk about the reasoner. I don't do that. But the, that's, the number one, that's the number one quote. And then sometimes this one will come up. Stress reduction, bang head here. Instructions, place on firm surface, follow directions in circle, repeat step two as necessary until unconscious. Number four, if unconscious, cease stress reduction activity. No, I, I, would, say, I would say don't put that one up. Put that one up, whatever God has said to you do. Put that in your room now, young people, and then when you get to college, put that in your dorm room or you go to work, put that in your office, you know, uh, put it on your book bag, whatever God says to you. Do. Just remember that whatever God says to you will line up with what? That, right, the Word of God. The journey back home to, to Cain is going to begin next week. We'll look at the next passage together next week, Lord willing. But let me leave you this quote from Alan Ross, a final word from God's truth. Ross writes, If God promises to bless his people, nothing can hinder him. And if God determines not to bless, nothing can alter his decision. When I read that this week, it reminded me, because we see God's blessing on Jacob, even though Jacob is not really a good guy yet. He's got some growing up to do, and that's still going to happen. But what we see is God's blessing upon his people, not because of us, but in spite of us, because of him, because of his love for us. And it reminded me of a verse that's really kind of been a life verse. I haven't shared this with you, you uh, newer people. But a life verse for Antioch from very early on was Revelation 3, 6 or 3.8, uh, because it spoke to another little work. We're a little work of God. And it spoke to another little work of God called the Church of Philadelphia. And God said to them, I know your works. Behold, I've set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. That's the promise I believe God has made to us. And and that promise will continue to be kept by God as long as we keep his word and we don't deny his name. And God's hand of blessing will be on his church and he will keep the door open for ministry and not shut it. Only God can. God has blessed us and his blessing will continue. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful this morning for uh, these lessons from your word. We're thankful that you are a God who does not sleep nor slumber, but you watch over your people not just to catch us when we're doing what's wrong. You see all of that as well. But mainly because you love us and because you want to, to care for us and you know the plans you have made for us and you know the course of our life. And so you're watching us and you're directing us because you love us. So Lord, help us to remember that. Help us to, to remember that when we're at work or we're with a family member or with neighbors that don't know you and we're maybe afraid to speak up. Lord, help us to acknowledge the truth of God's word to them. 
knowing that you can use your word. It will not return to you void. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Mark Fox of Antioch Community Church in Elon, North Carolina. Antioch meets every Sunday for worship at 10 o'clock a.m. at 1600 Powerline Road in Elon. You can download other messages by Pastor Fox at antiochchurch.cc. You can also learn how to order his books or subscribe to his blog at jmarkfox.com.